Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Now, the greatest radio shows of all time. Suspense. The Shadow Node. Washington calling David Harding, counter-spy. Classic radio theater. The Great Gildersleeve. Fibber McGee and Molly. Dragnet. Gunsmoke. The Lone Ranger. Now, step back into our time machine with your host, Wyatt Cox. Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum. We go back 76 years this Sunday to December uh, 4th, 1946, an episode of The Great Gildersleeve as the Jolly Boys, uh, well, they're they're adopting an orphan. Yeah, and you know, the the old bachelors, this is going to be fun for them. Thank you for tuning in on this Sunday. This is the fourth day of December. The 338th day of the year, 27 days left until we get to 2023. 38 colonists from Berkeley Parish in England disembarked in Virginia on this date in 1619 and gave thanks to God. This considered by many to be the first Thanksgiving in the Americas. Father Jacques Marquette founded a mission on the shores of Lake Michigan in 1674 to minister to the Illinois Indians. The mission would later grow into the city of Chicago. At Francis Tavern in New York City, General George Washington formally bade his troops farewell in 1783. Uh, Sherman's march to the sea at Waynesboro, Georgia in 1864. Forces under Union General Judson Kilpatrick prevented troops led by Confederate General Joseph Wheeler from interfering with Union General William T. Sherman's campaign, destroying a wide swath of the South on his march to the Atlantic Ocean from Atlanta. Union forces did suffer, however, more than three times the Confederate casualties. Former Minnesota farmer Oliver Hudson Kelly founded the Order of Patrons of Husbandry, better known today as the Grange. Notorious New York politician Boss Tweed escaped from prison and fled to Cuba, then to Spain in 1875. President Woodrow Wilson sailed for World War II peace talks in Versailles, becoming the first president to travel to Europe while in office. President Roosevelt closed down the Works Progress Administration in 1943 because of the high level of wartime employment in the U.S., By a vote of 65 to 7, the Senate approved participation in the United Nations on this date in 1945. 
1954, the first Burger King opened in Miami, Florida. In 1969, Black Panther Party members Fred Hampton, Mark Clark, shot and killed in their sleep during a raid by 14 Chicago police officers. The Montreux Casino in Switzerland set on fire in 1971 by someone wielding a flare gun during a Frank Zappa concert. The incident would be noted in the deep purple song Smoke on the Water. Following the murder of Mayor George Moscone, Diane Feinstein became San Francisco's first female mayor on this date in 1978. She would serve until January of 1988. It was on this date in 1979, Jimmy Carter announced that, yes, he would run for re-election. I would have preferred to postpone this announcement until a later time. However, election laws in certain states require formal declarations of candidacy within the next few days. Therefore, I formally declare that I am a candidate for re-election as President of the United States of America. Jimmy Carter, the President's approval rating, after three years, 28%. In 1991, journalist Terry A. Anderson released after seven years in captivity as a hostage in Beirut. This was in 1991. He was the last and longest-held American hostage in Lebanon. President George Herbert Walker Bush ordered 28,000 U.S. troops to Somalia on this date in 1992 to help restore order in the Somali Civil War. And in 2017, the Pontiac Silverdome in Pontiac, Michigan, imploded after a day of failure. This was back in 2017. About 30 miles from Detroit, it burst open on August 23rd of 1975. Among those passing away on this date in history, the man behind the Dow, Charles Dow, Dow Jones and Company, Wall Street Journal. Also, Bert Lahr, the cowardly lion in The Wizard of Oz. Composer Benjamin Britten, musician Frank Zappa, Little Beaver, the Canadian mix, uh, midget wrestler, and uh, King Curtis Iakea, another renowned wrestler. This is the birth date of the Ogallala Sioux Chief Crazy Horse. Singer-actress Lillian Russell, also born on this date. Pilot Pappy Boyington. Yes, there really was a Pappy Boyington. Uh, jazz musician Eddie Haywood. Canadian actress Deanna Durbin. From Highway to Heaven, Carter Country, Victor French. And American Murderer, Gary Gilmore, all born on this date. One of the fine talk show hosts, or excuse me, game show hosts that we still have alive, Wink Martindale, is 89. Freddie Boom Boom Cannon, Palisades Park, 82. Southside Johnny from Southside Johnny and the Asbury Jukes is 74. Actor Jeff Bridges is 73. Saturday Night Live's Pamela Stevenson is 73. From My Cousin Vinny and the Wrestler, Marissa Tomei is 58. Also from Saturday Night Live, Fred Armiston is 56. Mr. Beyonce, Jay-Z, is 53. Supermodel Tyra Banks is 49. Uh, Brooke Tessmacher, retired wrestler, 38. And from Anna's Dream, Lindsay Felton is 38. Oh, Jethro Bodine, Max Bear, Jr., 85 years old today. Who was she? Prettiest girl in the hills. Big Mouth Bradshaw. My old Vernon's girl. I hear tell she's kind of fast. 
Is she ever? Uncle Jed, I was walking past the cabin, and Big Mouth, she calls out the window to me. She says, howdy, Jethro. She says, my ma's just made a big batch of cookies. Come on in and have some. And I says, sure your ma won't mind? And she says, ma's gone, and so's pa. I'm here all alone. Well, Uncle Jed, I was in that house before you could wink an eye. Can't say they're blaming. No sooner was I inside, the big mouth, she puts a music record on the phonograph machine and commences to sashaying around, a twisting and a turning. Dancing. Yeah, I reckon so. Anyhow, she says, put your arms around me, Jethro, and I'll teach you the two-step. What'd you say? I says, listen, Big Mouth, I says, here we are all alone, your ma and your pa gone, and you think that I'm going to waste my time dancing? I says, not me, sister, bring on them cookies. <laughs> Jed Clampett always had to have a long talk with that boy. Max Baird Jr., the last surviving member of the Beverly Hillbillies, probably better known for his work in production and directing of movies. Uh, he did a lot of that after, let's face it, the Jethro character was just too much to overcome. Max Baird Jr. Uh, is celebrating his 85th birthday today over in Lake Tahoe. So hopefully everybody in the uh, Reno area will wish him the best. Those just to feel the people uh, born on this date, 4th day of December. Now, if this happens to be your birthday... Hi, we're the four freshmen, and we just want to say... Happy birthday to you! And from 76 years ago today, December 4th, 1946, Harold Perry is the great Gildersleeve. Thanks for joining us on this Sunday Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox on your favorite radio station. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Thanks for tuning in to Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox on this Sunday. Now an episode from Wednesday, December 4th, 1946 of The Great Gildersleeve, starring Harold Perry as the Jolly Boys sponsor an orphan. The Kraft Foods Company presents The Great Gildersleeve. It's The Great Gildersleeve, starring Harold Perry, brought to you by the Kraft Foods Company, makers of a complete line of famous quality food products. Now let's join The Great Gildersleeve. It's a Saturday night in Summerfield, and so we find him, as usual, occupying one of the best of the rickety chairs which furnish the Jolly Boys Club up above Floyd Munson's barbershop. At the moment, Judge Hooker is the only other member present. Wonder where everybody is. I can't imagine. Seems like we're having trouble getting a quorum here lately. Maybe the club needs something. Possibly. Well, what'll we do, Judge? I don't know. Maybe we could uh, call up somebody. Who? I don't know. Club may be getting in a rut. Maybe we ought to take on some new activity. Like, say, bowling. I don't care for bowling. All the better. It might help your liver. <laughs> Wait. Well, here comes somebody. Who goes there? Well, gentlemen, how are the jolly boys tonight? Good evening, Peavy. Peavy, let me give you a hand with those Cokes. Yeah, thanks, Mr. Gillespie. Stick them right here in the ice bucket. You know, this would be a thirsty club without you, Peavy. Last week, we had to send Floyd out for drinks. Where were you? Uh, last week? Yes. Uh, last Saturday? Yes. I decided to spend the evening with Mrs. Peavy. Well, that's no way for a jolly boy to behave, Peavy. Yeah, that's easy enough for a bachelor to say. You fellas don't have to explain what goes on down here. <laughs> Why is that old club so important, she said. You see those men all the time anyway, she said. Hard question to answer. <laughs> but it's only one night a week, Peavy. No wife in the world wants her husband hanging around every night. Yeah, no, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> Yes, sir. You'd be surprised. Somebody else coming upstairs. We'll have a quorum yet. Oh, it's the chief. Hi, chief. Good evening, Commissioner. Peavy. Judge. Hello, chief. Chief, what's detained you, old man? Detained me? Doesn't seem like the old gang gets down here as promptly as they used to. Where's Floyd, for instance? He's married, too. (laughs) Come on, let's get started in on some poker. Uh, Fellas, uh, not yet. Uh, Could you let the game wait just a little while? What for? Well, in case somebody dropped in. Think how it looks. Cards all over the table. Everybody smoking. Nobody's going to drop in. Come on, Judge. Let's get the chips divvied up so we can get going. Fellas, please. As a personal favor. Hi Would there, you... jolly boys. Deal me in. Yeah, deal them in. Hi, Floyd. Hi, Commish. Hi, Peeve. Sorry if I've been holding you boys up, but I had to take Lovey and dump her to picture. Hi, Judge. Hi, Chief. Hi, Floyd. Well, what are we waiting for? Not that I like the game, but I need the money. I'm counting out the chips, Floyd. Keep your shirt on. Uh, Hold it a minute, Judge, before you deal them. What's on your mind, anyway, Chief? Well, I asked a certain man to drop in and visit us tonight. I hope nobody minds. Who is he? What about it? Well, he's a friend of mine. Stop beating around the bush. Who is he? You all know him, I guess. Don't you all know Dr. Needham? The preacher? Uh, yes, the preacher. 
nailed me after church on Sunday. He said he wanted to talk to us. Tonight? In a few minutes, I guess. He said around 8.30. Chief, you might have given us a little warning. Well, maybe I should have, but I was afraid you wouldn't come. I would have worn my blue suit. That's a cinch. Uh, fellas, don't you think we ought to put the cards away? Thanks, Peavy, old man. Yeah, the chips too, Horace. I suppose you're right. How about all them bottles laying there in that tub of ice? That don't look so nice to a, you know. Where can we put it? Uh, drag it over here and stick it in the closet, Chief. Okay. We ought to open a window, too, fellas. Gets to smelling like a joint up here. I'll open it for a minute. Uh, Mr. Gildersleeve, why don't you throw out that cigar? Well, all right. Where can we dump these ashtrays? Gosh, Floyd, you might clean up the place once in a while. How'd I know a preacher was coming? You can shut your window. I'm cold. Let her air out a minute more, Peeve. Hey, I think he's turning in the alley. Huh? Yep, it's him. Well, it, it don't look great, but it looks better than it did. Sure. Ain't like he was coming to inspect a Sunday school. Floyd, do me a favor. Watch your language, will you? Don't worry about me. I've been around lots of preachers. Shut up. Well, if it isn't Dr. Needham. We were just chatting about you, weren't we, fellas? Yes, we were. Good evening, Doctor. Good evening, Mr. Gildersleeve. Good evening to all of you, gentlemen. Judge. Good evening, Doctor. Chief. It's a pleasure to have you with us, Doctor. Uh, let me hang your coat up. Thank you. And Mr. Peavy, the good apothecary, I'm glad to see you. Glad to be of service any time, Doctor. Uh, doctor, maybe you don't know our other member here, uh, Floyd Munson. I don't believe I... don't I... think you know me, Dr. Needham. I go to Dr. Tutwiler down at... Uh... Of course. I have a very high regard for Dr. Tutwiler. And if you are one of his flock, uh, Dr. Tutwiler's a fine man, isn't he? One of the best. Have a chair, Doctor? Uh, here's a good chair, Doctor. Nice, comfortable one. I think I'll just sit in the straight chair, thank you. Mortify the flesh and improve the spirit... <laughs> well, nice comfortable club rooms you have here Yes, we're quite proud of our quarters Well, here was this vacant room over the shop I was glad to make it available, free of charge Is that so? You weren't being so generous, Floyd You couldn't make any money renting it I'd like to know why I couldn't No facilities uh, It certainly is cold out tonight, isn't it, Doctor? It's rather chilly, yes Uh... How long has your club been in existence, may I ask? Oh, about two years, hasn't it, fellas? Three. I recall we organized in the fall of 43. How many members do you have? This is it. Just the five of us. Mm, quite exclusive. And may I ask just what is the purpose of the club? <laughs> Did uh, you say purpose, Doctor? Yes. What is the purpose of your club? Well, uh, we don't exactly have any purpose, Doctor. It's just a club. We just get together once a week and raise a little... It's uh, social, Doctor. <laughs> Isn't that it, fellas? It seems to me I've heard the club had some kind of musical interests. Oh, that too. Yeah, we're kind of a musical club. See, we've got a piano. Yes, it's not much of a piano. I have a Wembley at home. Good enough for this gang. We just sing old barbershop songs, Doctor. Oh, I love singing. I used to sing myself when I was a younger man. You still sing, Doctor. I've heard you take a high tenor on some of those hymns on Sunday. Well, I let myself go occasionally, but when I was at Divinity School, we used to do some real singing, I can tell you. Did you ever sing down by the old mill stream? Floyd. Huh? No, I don't remember down by the old stream. 
But uh, there was another song, uh, Love Me and the World is Mine. Uh, do you know that? Oh, sure. <clears throat> I care not for the stars that shine. That's it. How'd it be if we tried that once, huh, Doctor? If uh, you gentlemen will permit an outsider. Don't think of yourself that way, Doctor. You're one of we boys. Come on, fellas. I, I care not for the stars that shine. I Yes, indeed. I, I thought that was lovely. <laughs> lovely. How about another round, Doc? No, thank you. Uh, as a matter of fact, I came here with a purpose. Gentlemen, I wonder if you know the work of the Summerfield Orphanage. Sure, that's where they take care of the orphans. It, shut up, Floyd. <laughs> Mr. Munson is quite right. The orphanage takes care of between 25 and 30 orphans at the present moment. But they're desperately in need of funds. Uh-oh. So, uh, I've been going about appealing to various organizations for aid. I wonder if you kind-hearted gentlemen would be interested in adopting a lovely baby girl. Doctor! Well, perhaps I've put it too alarmingly. You wouldn't actually adopt this child. You'd simply contribute regularly to the orphanage in her behalf. And you would accept as a group the responsibility for her. Her, uh, her name is Christina. She's eight months old. Lovely child. Did you have any figure in mind, Doctor? Uh, $10 a month. Now, I don't want you gentlemen to give me your answer right this minute. I want you to think about it. If you care to, you may go out to the orphanage and visit little Christina. Think it over and let me have your decision. I think I know the answer you will find in your hearts. Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, I'll get your coat, Doctor. Good night, all. Good night, Doctor. Meet him there. I told you he was a nice fellow. He's as nice a preacher as I know. Well, sure, he's a nice fellow. Gee, if this club has ten bucks a month to throw around, I don't think we ought to blow it on a baby. I'd rather put it in a pool table. <laughs> Floyd, haven't you got any heart? Certainly I got a heart. It's only $2 a month apiece. I hate the money. It's the principal. Well, I'm in favor of the doctor's proposition. What do you say, Peavy? Mrs. Peavy always wanted a girl. I'm for it. <laughs> well, Floyd, are you going to be a spoil sport? Who's a spoil sport, you big son? You are, you big fellas, fellas. Oh, the chief having to chill out the jolly boys. From December 4th, 1946, a Wednesday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, the Great Gildersleeve on Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox. The news from 76 years ago today follows these important words. Thanks for joining us on this Sunday edition of Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox on your favorite station. 
We're listening to an episode of The Great Gildersleeve starring Harold Perry as it was broadcast on NBC 830 Wednesday night, December 4th, 1946. In the newspapers of that Wednesday 76 years ago, these were some of the headlines. Housing expediter Wilson W. Wyatt reported last night to be resigning because President Truman failed to reaffirm his authority. An announcement confirming his departure expected from the White House in the next day or two. Wyatt said to be convinced that his veterans' housing program cannot succeed unless his authority is substantially bolstered. Meanwhile, Senator Tom Stewart, the Democrat of Tennessee, planned hearings before a Senate small business subcommittee on whether controls now exercised by the housing expediter should be abolished. John L. Lewis yesterday found guilty of criminal contempt of court, but it didn't stop the coal strike. On the contrary, Lewis responded to the verdict by rising in the courtroom and making a bitterly defiant speech. He accused the judge of depriving the coal miners of their constitutional rights. He said he would firmly stand on his position. After the dramatic scene, the Judge T. Allen Goldsboro sat pondering for four minutes in the silent courtroom and then put off sentencing Lewis until the morning. Under the law, he may impose an unlimited fine or prison sentence if he wishes. The plans of 140 million Americans for the biggest Christmas gift swapping and travel spree in history knocked sky high last night by a series of drastic coal-saving orders cutting railroad passenger service in half, embargoing all non-essential freight, and slashing parcel post deliveries to the bone. With the nation's industry stripping down for a long, drawn-out mine strike, the government announced the general public will have to shoulder its share of the burden by accepting a chill, dimmed-out, stay-at-home holiday season. (laughs) Governor Frank J. Losh of Ohio last night placed an Ohio State Guard company at the disposal of Hamilton First City in Ohio to be hit severely by the coal shortage and pledged to use every power in his possession to help the federal government achieve a defeat of surgent dictatorship and a triumph of the people. The governor announced that at the request of Mayor William Beckett and City Manager F. L. Buckner, he had instructed Adjutant General Donald F. Pancoast to make available to Hamilton a guard to aid the local police in the protection of the lives and property of the people of the city, which will be in complete darkness on account of the coal strike. The automobile industry last night prepared drastic reductions of production schedules, effective almost simultaneously with the government's embargo on freight shipments at midnight Thursday. The automakers said mass layoffs will begin Friday and will become progressively greater as the tie-up continues. Spokesmen admitted that the slow strangulation of steel shortages would have forced most operators down within two weeks, even if the embargo had not been declared. Best estimates were that the first layoffs will affect 200,000 of the 600,000 auto workers, and that total will soon be raised to 400,000. In Oakland, California, masses of pickets began withdrawals from Oakland downtown streets late yesterday as unconfirmed reports spread that the paralyzing protest walkout of organized labor, which brought industry and transportation to a standstill, would end. 
as the general strike stopped transportation, closed up business houses, and suspended publications of newspapers, a citizens' committee, a strike committee, and a newly named city manager met to find a solution. Sporadic fistfights broke out on the downtown streets early in the day, the streets thronging with milling pickets despite a drizzling rain. A citizens' committee, an AFL strike committee, and the newly named city manager met to seek a solution. Meanwhile, the Oakland Tribune missed publication for the first time since its establishment in 1874, but its radio station, KLX, carried on. Because of the mass protest walkout of organized labor left the East Bay's 1,000 people, 1 million people rather, without newspapers, KLX canceled all commercials and scheduled programs and converted into an information center. Though some of the day's top news stories is reported in the newspapers of Wednesday, December 4th, 1946, on your radio, The Great Gildersleeve, which continues now on Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox. Let's be jolly, boys. Uh, what did Dr. Needham think if he could hear us calling each other names? I didn't call anybody names. Well, let's think about what the doctor said, fellas. We shouldn't rush into this. We should look in our hearts. Floyd, would you do one thing? Before you decide, would you go out there with us and look at the little girl? Little Christina? Well... Come on, Floyd, that's fair enough. Look at her and then we'll decide. Well... All right, but now for the love of Pete, can we play poker for the rest of the evening? <laughs> Deal the cards, Horace. Let the chips fall where they may. Seventy-six years ago, December 4th, 1946, the great Gildersleeve on this Sunday Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox. The conclusion follows these important messages. On Monday's Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox, an episode of X-1 from 66 years ago, December 5th, 1956, the Ray Bradbury stories, There Will Come Soft Rain and Zero Hour. One about the death of the house of the future, the other story about the coming of Drill, and the game of Invasion. That's coming up on Monday's Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox, anytime, classicradio.stream. But right now, the conclusion of the great Gildersleeve, 76 years ago, December 4th, 1946. Now let's get back to the great Gildersleeve. Here he comes, Marge. All right, Bertie, he's down. Hi, Unc. Ah, uh, good morning, children. Why, Unky, you're best. Don't tell me you're going to church with us. Well, of course, I always go to church on Sundays. Well, I always try. I don't always make it, perhaps. Leroy, how many times have I told you? If you must read the funny papers... I'm going to pick them up, don't worry. Uh, come and sit down. Did you have a good time at the club last night, Unky? We had a very lovely meeting, yes. Leroy, if you're trying to crawl into that glass, it can't be done. <laughs> I'm just trying to get all the juice. Well, sip it politely. No back somersaults. Remember, this is Sunday. Okay. Yeah, we had a very nice meeting last night, children. Dr. Needham was there. Dr. Needham at the Jolly Boys? What's so strange about that? What do you think goes on down there? What does go on down there, Unc? <laughs> Never mind. It's for grown-ups. What was Dr. Needham doing there? Is that why you're going to church? Uh, well, as a matter of fact, it's something that might interest you children. 
How would you like to have a baby to take care of? A baby? Okie, do you mean it? Oh, that'd be wonderful. Uh, no, wait a minute. Did you hear that, Leroy? A baby? I'd rather have a dog. <laughs> oh, but think what fun it is. You can do lots more things with a baby. Feed him and, and dress him and, and bathe him and play with him. Uh, wait a you minute. You can't teach him tricks. You can so. Dogs are smarter. They are not. You were a baby once. You mean to say you're not smarter than a dog? Well, it depends. Would it be a boy baby or a girl baby? <laughs> and where are we going to get it? I'm coming to that if you'll just listen a moment. Oh, uh, good morning, Bertie. Sorry to keep you waiting, Mr. Gillsleeve. It's that darn old, excuse me, it's that waffle iron. It went and stuck again. Uh, that's all right, Bertie. Bertie, we're going to have a baby. Yeah. How's that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, don't worry. Uh, it isn't going to make any work for you, Bertie. But we're not going to have the baby here. What? What good is a baby if you can't have the use of him? Yeah. <laughs> Let me explain, will you? Okay. <clears throat> Now, this was an idea of Dr. Needham's. He thought it would be nice if different organizations around this town would each undertake to provide for some child out of the children's home. They'd sort of sponsor it and be a godfather to it and pay for its upkeep next year. Oh, I think that's real nice. Yes, yeah, so do I. You're going to do it then? Well, we're going to go out there to the home this afternoon and look over the uh, proposition. <laughs> As a matter of fact, one of our members is holding out. Who? Never mind. Why don't you throw him out of the club? That's not the way the clubs are run, Leroy. Piggy threw me out of his club. I threw him out of mine. <laughs> well, a jolly boy is trying to be more democratic. Besides, we can't throw him out. He owns the club room. <laughs> Mr. Gillsleeve, how old is this baby you're talking about? Well, I believe about eight months, Bertie. She's a little girl. Oh, uh, I was thinking maybe I could knit her a sweater or some booties or something. Well, I think that would be lovely. I thought you children might like to contribute a little something, too, out of your allowances. As a Christmas gesture... 25 cents a month, say? Oh, I'd love to. Would we own part of it? The baby, I mean? Yeah, well, I'd say you'd have an interest in her. Certainly. I'll give half a buck. So will I. Well, that's very generous, children. I'm glad to see you respond that way. Is she cute, Unky? Well, I haven't seen her myself yet. All babies are cute. Has she got a name? Uh, let's see. Her name is um, Christina. Oh. Couldn't we change it? Huh? Why, Christina's a beautiful name. I love it. It's crazy. I never heard it before. <laughs> oh, well, what do you know? Listen, I'm paying half a buck for this kid. I got a right to name it. <laughs> children, children. Christina's the name she was born with, my boy. You get used to it. Well, I suppose we can call her Chrissy. Say, when can we go out and see her, Unc? See her? Well, I... Hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make her a scrapbook. Kids are nuts about scrapbooks. Huh? When can we go out and see her, Unc? Why not this afternoon? Yeah, this afternoon. Well, I'm afraid that wouldn't be a very good idea. Oh, why not? Uh, you see, this is a club affair, and besides, so many people all at once might scare the baby. We wouldn't scare her as much as you will. <laughs> and the chief of police. How would you like to see him leaning over your crib? <laughs> yes. Uh, tell you what I'll do, children. I can't let you go this time, but when I get back, I'll tell you all about her. How's that? I told you, Marge, a dog is better. All right, eat your breakfast. <laughs> Cigar judge while we're waiting. No thanks, Gabby. Peavy? Thank you. I never smoke the things. Yeah, that's right. Chief? I don't know that we ought to smoke in here, Commissioner. Why not? If we're careful, we're not going to set the home on fire. What isn't that? I don't think it'd be a good example for the children. There aren't any children around. They're all outside playing. Just the same, it wouldn't look good. Chief is right, Gildy. All right. I won't smoke myself, then. 
There's an ashtray there. The superintendent must smoke. Well. Thanks, Floyd. Yeah, fine. Hiya, gents. Chief. Well, we didn't think you were going to make it, Floyd. Gave you my word, didn't I? Just the same, I almost didn't. You should have seen me trying to convince Lovey I was coming out here this afternoon to see a baby. Ask me how old was the baby. Was she a blonde or a brunette? Still don't think she believes I'm out here. I don't believe it myself. Well, what do we do now? Just sit down and wait, I guess, Floyd. Yeah, Christina's asleep. Who? The baby. Oh. Well, what do we do? Just sit here till she wakes up? Till the nurse comes for us. Huh. Oh, well. I feel kind of foolish. What are we doing here, anyway? We nuts or something? You guys got me into this. Maybe it's like Dr. Needham said in his sermon today, Floyd. Children bring out the best in people. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot in that, Floyd. There's a lot in it. Well, don't look at me. You're the one who's holding out, Floyd. Oh, look, now, don't get me wrong. I got nothing against kids. I'm for kids. But when it comes well, to Well, this is your chance to prove it. Now, Commissioner. Well, tell him to put up or shut up. Gentlemen, the baby's asleep. She's down in the nursery. She can't hear us. Commissioner, I don't think we have to worry. Now, Floyd may talk tough, but after all, he came here this afternoon, and I think we can take that to mean Oh, that... no, you don't, Chief. I said I'd come here, and I came, but that's all. I ain't joining no baby syndicate. Like I said before, if you want to have a club where we have a little fun once in a while, I'm quiet. She's awake now, if you gentlemen would like to come this way. Oh, thank you. Uh, hey, go ahead, Chief. Uh, after you, Commissioner. Uh, Judge? Thanks, Gildy. Come on, Floyd. Uh, Peavy? Just follow me, please. Oh, nurse, say, I, uh... Yes, sir? I, uh, I brought along a little something for the baby. Candy reindeer. I don't think it'd hurt her. Well, that's very nice of you, but I really don't think she ought to have it. No? Well, you know best, of course. That's why I asked. You better frisk the rest of this gang, nurse. I bet they're loaded with stuff. <laughs> I'd be glad to keep the reindeer if you like and give it to her when she's older. Would you... Thanks. Right through here, please. I'll just go ahead if you don't mind and see if she's still awake. All right, miss. <laughs> we'll wait outside for us. Here's the first time I was ever in an orphanage. It don't look so bad. That nurse don't look so bad either. <laughs> nice motherly type. Yeah. Well, no, I don't know. She's not so motherly. It's the uniform. It's all right. You can come in. Uh, go ahead, fellas. Quiet now. No rumpus. Some gentlemen to see you, Christina. Look at that. Well, what do you know? <laughs> Come here, Floyd. Look. Huh. You know, I think she looks a little like you, Commissioner. She's got your double chin. <laughs> Cute, isn't she? Who gave her the rattle? Oh, that's standard equipment. Uh, go on. Play with your rattle, Christina. Play with your rattle. Doesn't want to play with a rattle, I guess. <laughs> Just lies there staring at everybody. Well, what do you make of all this, Christina? Hmm? What do you make of all this? She says, I just wish all these big bad men would go away and leave me alone. Hello there, Christina. Can you say hello? Hmm? Can you? Oh, for heaven's sake. Of course not, you old goat. 
She's only eight months old. Well, no harm in asking. Hey, hey look. Look. What? what? She moved. Hey, that's pretty good for a kid only eight months old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's a smart girl, Floyd. Aren't you, Christina? Would you, would you, would you, would you, would you, would you? Oh, 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 you better back off there, Commissioner. She's going to cry. Huh? Oh, dear me. You wouldn't cry, would you, Christina? Look at that little lip quiver. Mm-hmm. Here it comes. Oh, gosh, I didn't mean to scare her. Here, let me try. What's the matter, kiddo? Look, see the pretty rattle? She's not interested in the rattle, Floyd. Hey, she smiled. That wasn't a smile, Floyd. That was gas. <laughs> Babies do that when they have a bubble. It was so a smile, wasn't it, nurse? I'd call it a smile. Yeah, what I tell you? <laughs> tell me I don't know about babies. There she goes again. I think the kid likes me. Oh, I wouldn't touch her. Floyd! I ain't touching her. She grabbed hold of my finger. <laughs> Look at that. Well, I'll be darned. She won't let go of it either. <laughs> Little son of a gun. Grab hold of my finger. I guess she does like you all right, Floyd. Pretty lucky. The little son of a gun. Say, miss, you don't suppose I could hold her for a minute? Nah, better not. Before we go home, let's settle this, fellas. What do you think? Listen, that's a smart kid, you know it. That's one of the smartest kids I ever saw for her age. She ain't like most babies, just lie there. She's got personality, you know what I mean? She's smart, too. Sure. Gentlemen, it's moved and seconded. (laughs) What the heck, we don't have to be so darn formal about this. You all know the motion. All in favor? Aye. Opposed? Motion carried. Baby adopted. Wonder where everybody is. I can't imagine. This is just as bad as last week. Wait, here comes somebody. That's you, Chief? Hi, fellas. Floyd. You're late, Floyd. Where are all the others? Peavy phoned he's staying home tonight with the wife. How about the Chief? Him, too. He's refereeing a kid basketball game down to the Y. Yep. And he's going straight home. I gotta be going myself. What? Yeah, I got Lovey waiting for me down in the car. Well, I guess I'll... Floyd, wait a minute. Yeah, stick around. Can. Sorry. Lovey and I go going to movies. Give her a break for a change. Night. Night, Floyd. Well, what'll we do, Judge? I don't know. Maybe we should call up somebody. Who? I don't know. You know something? That baby could ruin this club. <laughs> Good night, folks. <laughs> The Great Gildersleeve is played by Harold Perry. It is written by John Wheaton and Sam Moore. The music is by Jack Meekin. Included in the cast are Walter Tetley as Leroy, Louise Erickson as Marjorie, and Lillian Randolph as Bertie. Judge Hooker is Earl Ross and Richard Legrand as Mr. Peavy. This is John Lang saying goodnight for the Kraft Foods Company and inviting you to listen in again next Wednesday for the further adventures of The Great Gildersleeve. <laughs> 
December 4th, 1948, The Great Gildersleeve here on Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox. Visit my webpage, classicradio.stream. Stream our shows on demand. Learn about classic radio collecting. You can also contact me there. Find our social media links. And you can join good people like Larry Baker, who bought us a coffee. In fact, he bought us several copies, and we appreciate that. That helps us acquire additional classic radio productions and keeps our distribution channels going. That's at classicradio.stream, the buy me a copy function. Thanks for tuning in. Please thank this station. Support their advertisers. Tell your friends the great radio shows are right here at this spot on the dial. Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox on your favorite radio station. <laughs>